Welcome to Slump Busters. It's time for the Slump Buster Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Juju Talk Sports. And of course, join me is Drew Hagaba. On today's episode, Drew and I tell you everything you need to know for NFL Week 14. Who to start, who to fade. Enjoy the episode. Let's get it. Let's bust the slump and let's enjoy. All right, Drew, we're a couple weeks away from the holiday season, busy hours at work, I assume. How are you doing tonight? Pretty exhausted. I mean, it's been insanely busy at work and, you know, we're just getting ready for the holidays and working until midnight now, it just takes a lot out of you. (laughs) (laughs) What's the number one thing you can ask for for Christmas? The one thing I can ask for? Honestly, I'm not much for one to get anything because I really don't need a whole lot to make me happy. So for me, the only thing I ask is just being around friends and family. You could have said fantasy championship there. Come on, Drew. Be better. Friends and family over a fantasy title? (laughs) What kind of simple tree is this? But hey, the thing is, I wear all my fantasy rings to show off to friends and family. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you got some rings? Let me let me see those rings. Uh, where are those? Uh, even though this is audio only, so you couldn't see the rings anyway. Just assume <laughs> Drew has rings if you believe Drew. But if you're like me, that's you're a little bit more cautiously uh, supportive of that. Then, of course, picture a ringless finger right there. Yeah. If you liked it, you should have put a ring on it. Anyway, early in the week, back to our normal recording schedule here. So we're going to go through our week 13 top 12 positions here and just kind of like go through each and I, I think a good place to start obviously is with their quarterbacks of course and it's time to give a shout out to Kyler Murray who's back at the top of the rankings Kyler Murray had a 30 point effort he only had 123 passing yards in that game but a couple scores he had a couple rushing scores so four touchdown effort for Kyler Murray uh, Tom Brady was right behind him Tom Brady continuing just to Excellent MVP season overall. Justin Herbert had a great day against Cincinnati. Was not quite expecting that, but Justin Herbert came out strong. Matthew Stafford, make sure to take advantage of the Jacksonville Jaguars as your quarterback four on the week. And right behind him for the first time this year, Zach Wilson going against the Philadelphia Eagles. Zach Wilson was a top five quarterback this week. Zach Wilson had a total of 226 yards, two touchdowns, and 20 points overall. Right behind him, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill didn't really do much of it as a passer. Had four interceptions in that game but one of the joys of picking up Taysom Hill and one of the things that we shouted last week Taysom Hill had over 101 rushing yards in the Thursday night outing against the Dallas Cowboys Kirk Cousins at quarterback seven Kirk Cousins finished with 340 yards he had two touchdowns Jared Goff with a game winning touchdown this week the first win for the Detroit Lions Jared Goff finishes a top eight quarterback quarterback eight officially on the week quarterback one in the hearts of everyone in Detroit this week because they needed that one. They absolutely needed that one. 40-year-old Ben Roethlisberger was quarterback nine. He had 19.34 fantasy points, 236 yards, two touchdowns in a comeback effort against the Baltimore Ravens. Gardner Minshew, it's time for Minshew Mania once again. Curious how that's going to go in Philadelphia coming off their bye week. But Minshew Mania was quarterback 10 on the week. Quarterback 11, Tua, at 242 yards, two touchdowns, 18.78 fantasy points. And finally, rounding up the top 12, Lamar Jackson. Lamar was able to run for 55 yards, 253 yards, a touchdown and an interception, and a missed two point conversion at the very end there all right drew you know where i'm going to want to start off this week talk about who was outside of that top 12 (laughs) 
Don't want to say I told you so. I'm just kidding. I I just did. I do kind of want to tell you I told you so here. But Patrick Mahomes, quarterback 17 on the week. Patrick (laughs) Mahomes, two straight weeks without throwing a touchdown pass. Patrick Mahomes, what are we doing with Patrick Mahomes against the Raiders this week? Listen, I don't even know anymore at this point with this guy. I I think if he played like this for the last two games, honestly, I could see it happening again where he finishes outside of the top 12. (laughs) Well, here's the tough thing about this week in particular. So I mentioned it last week, the two of the last seven games games he had thrown for less than 20 fantasy points yeah one of those two games was against the las vegas raiders that was the game that he threw for five touchdowns Mm -hmm. so i'm torn here on one hand i have to think okay he's clearly shown that he can take advantage of that raiders defense on the other hand he has been miserable he has been one of the most biggest disappointments in fantasy this entire season we're here in week 14 talking about this it's not like it's a small sample size at this point this is literally the culmination of an entire season how how can you have him ranked? Well, I'm going to say this here. Within the top 15, maybe top 20. Maybe that's a little bit of an overreaction. I, I'm kind of in between 10 and 13, somewhere in that range. Probably yeah, closer I mean, to 10, just because there is the optimism there of the Raiders matchup, but ooh, yeah. there also is the hesitancy given what he's done over the last few weeks. It, it's a yeah. hard read, but at this point, is this hyperbolic to say that Patrick Mahomes is a matchup-based quarterback play the rest of the season? I wouldn't say that's far off at all, really. I mean, it's seems like he's only a matchup based quarterback at this point period like if you look at what he's done I mean it's purely because of matchups other than that he really hasn't had much success against some good defenses yeah let's take a look here at the Chiefs remaining schedule because here's the thing if you made it to the playoffs and Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback you have to start making decisions here when do I start Mm -hmm. him going against the Raiders this week he plays a Thursday night game against the Chargers on the road Los Angeles actually it's kind of favorable for him the next week they go against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Kansas City. Home game against Pittsburgh. Again, it's not the best matchup because Pittsburgh still has a very good solid defense. It was against the Bengals the week after that. And this is fantasy championship week. The thing is the Bengals have a solid defense as well. They did give up a top three day to Justin Herbert this week. They did. They did give up a big week to Baker Mayfield a couple weeks ago as well. I trust them against the Chargers because the Chargers, and I'm sure our buddy Aris, you know, he'll tell us that the Chargers defense is not there, period, right now. So I would have good faith in him against the Chargers. I'd have solid faith. What's solid look like? Solid, I'd probably go with low-end QB1, high-end QB2 range. All right, let's focus it more towards this week, obviously, going against the Raiders, like we said. Yeah. Let's let's start looking at some other potential options you may have. Okay. Taysom Hill against the Jets or Patrick Mahomes against the Raiders? Honestly, I'd take Taysom Hill versus the Jets. Ryan Tannehill against the Jaguars or Patrick Mahomes against the Raiders? I'd probably go Patrick Mahomes against the Raiders, actually. Baker Mayfield against a Ravens team that is down to what it's fourth string cornerback i'd go patrick mahomes just for the fact that baker's injuries are i would say they're hurting his team a little bit and plus i feel like kevin Stefanski does go around against the ravens and run the ball more than 15 times kirk cousins against the steelers on thursday night football i'd go kirk cousins taylor heineke against the cowboys um, i may go patrick mahomes against the raiders russell wilson against the texans probably patrick mahomes but yeah more patrick mahomes against the raiders i, I just haven't liked russ all season cam newton against the falcons <laughs> I'll go Patrick Mahomes again. I mean, so you're not as low on Patrick Mahomes as you thought you were. What about the other one this week then? Let's start talking about what happened to Josh Allen. Josh Allen, quarterback 22 on the week. I mean, that's a brutal weather game down in Buffalo, isn't it? 
<laughs> yeah, but you know, it's also a brutal game anytime you're going against that Patriots defense there. Yeah, and I, I tell you what, the Patriots have stepped about big time this season, and I mean, like, really, really big time. When Mac Jones only throws the ball three times and still beats you, it's it's unbelievable, but that defense is really, really good, so, and the Bills, more or less, not just Josh Allen, haven't been much in the last few games either. I mean, they've been on a big slump. Well, what about this one? Lamar Jackson going against your Browns? Because Lamar Jackson, the last time he went against Cleveland, that was obviously his four-interception game. Not obviously a great day for him. Yeah, and it wasn't really that much of a great day running for him for him either because he had, like, I think it was, like, 17 carries for, like, just above 50 yards. So it wasn't a great day for him, period. It's in Cleveland. Our defense has looked a lot better, actually, in the last couple of games. But for me, it's still sketchy as a Browns fan because I don't know what the hell we're going to do. I, I trust more Lamar Jackson than Patrick Mahomes. Again, let's go back to Baker. Let's talk about that one. So even with the depleted secondary of the Ravens, you're not looking at him as a potential streamer? He would be more of a super flex or a flex option for super flex leagues. So I wouldn't say he's not a streamer. He's a streamer, but I wouldn't have him too high just for the fact that, again, he's dealing with injuries. I'm hoping this bye week was very good for him and good for the staff and good for everybody but you know after probably watching the film I'm assuming that Kevin Stefanski even though he knows that their secondary is depleted he's probably going to run the ball quite a bit in this game and maybe use the run game to try and attack the secondary as a way to just kind of hit both ends of the ball you know just kill them with the run game tire them out so that way they can buy some time to throw deep balls and get DPJ and Higgins and Landry more involved to go against that depleted secondary. We saw Russell Russell Wilson have a little bit of a bounce back. He finished as quarterback 13 this week against San Francisco. I mentioned it. He's going against the Texans. What do you think about Russell Wilson this week? He had a great game against you guys, and he's had a very, very down year this year. But against Houston, again, he's probably right where that Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes meet. So he's probably going to be within the like top 15 range. With that said, how high do you have Taysom Hill this week against the Jets? How high? I'm actually going to be confident in him go top 10. I think Taysom Hill could be essentially the replacement for Jalen Hurts down the stretch. Especially if you're a Jalen Hurts owner this week and you're missing out on him because the Philadelphia Eagles are on buying. Or if worst case, this Minshew situation continues to develop into the point where Jalen Hurts is not starting for some reason. I think Taysom Hill's the type of guy that could replace that production that you got from Jalen Hurts all season. Yeah, I agree. To be the bye week quarterback, so you're not going to have any Carson Wentz this week, no Tua, no Mac Jones, and no Jalen Hurts or Minshew. So I don't think there was a too many Mac Jones owners. I kind of wonder how bad that actually finished. Mac Jones finishes quarterback 29 this week. Jeez. But he was not the lowest scoring quarterback out of quarterbacks that got snaps. Technically, that was C.J. Beathard. C.J. Beathard finishes quarterback 30. Oh, God. Yeah, C.J. Beathard uh, was a one attempt for two yards. <laughs> Kind <laughs> of garbage time cleanup go. effort there. Good to see CJ Beathard still in the league. All right, well, let's take a look at the running back position. Javante Williams, this is definitely his breakout performance of the year. Javante Williams on Sunday night football finishes running back one. Javante had 102 yards, no rushing touchdown, did have a receiving touchdown, also had six receptions for 76 yards. So Javante was definitely all over the field in the passing game and the running game. Definitely a guy that for dynasty purposes, 
may just be shooting up the rankings because I, I don't see Melvin Gordon on this team next year. I think the Broncos will like to get a little bit cheaper moving forward and look for a complimentary back to Javante. Jonathan Taylor was the running back two on the week. Jonathan Taylor, 143 yards, two touchdowns. Did have a fumble in that game, but overall finished with 24 fantasy points against the Houston Texans. David Montgomery was running back three. David Montgomery had 90 yards and a touchdown against the Cardinals. Right behind him was Sony Michelle. And this is a big one because Daryl Henderson was injured in that game. So Sony Michelle may be the lead back out of the Los Angeles Rams backfield moving forward. Sony Michelle had 121 yards. He also had a touchdown in that game, only added three receptions for eight yards total. So not much of a receiving threat is Michelle. Alexander Madison was running back five. Alexander Madison had 90 yards, one touchdown. Antonio Gibson is actually the NFC's leading rusher, I discovered today, which kind of more or less tells you how bad the NFC's the NFC rushing leaders are because Jalen Hurts is actually top five currently in that category. Antonio Gibson had 88 yards. He also had five catches for 23 yards and a receiving touchdown. Josh Jacobs against Washington in that same game had 52 rushing yards and a touchdown, nine receptions for 38 yards. This is a big development here for Josh Jacobs. He is getting more involved in the receiving game. So Josh Jacobs, if he continues to get this receiving type production, he might be a running back one to end the year. Leonard Fournette, 44 yards, no touchdowns, had seven receptions for 48 yards and a receiving touchdown. Devontae Freeman, Devontae had 52 yards and a touchdown. He also had eight total targets for five receptions, 45 yards. James Conner at running back 10, 75 yards, two receptions, 36 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Kenneth Gainwell with the Philadelphia backfield. Kenneth Gainwell had 54 yards and a touchdown. And Damian Harris, 111 yards and a rushing score in that ugly weather game Monday night football against the Bills. All right, I think the biggest development here is Sony Michelle. Now, Sony got an opportunity to take advantage against a Jacksonville Jaguars defense. This week, the Rams get to face the Cardinals on Monday night football. If Daryl Henderson can't go, what do you think Sony Michelle is able to do against that Arizona run defense? I mean, Arizona's got a pretty solid run defense. And so if Sony Michelle can take advantage of what Jacksonville gave, although obviously Jacksonville has a weak defense, he wasn't a bad back in New England. And so I don't typically think of him as an as an awful back. I think he's a great backup running back for a guy like Daryl Henderson. So I think he could take some good advantage for Daryl Henderson here. My only thing with Michelle is I never looked at him and thought he was the most dynamic runner. Definitely noticed him averaging the law of three yards per carry when he was out there in New New England and I've always felt like the big run wasn't there but that also may be a contributing factor because he had issues with his knee while he was in New England and it kind of makes sense of course he was going to end up in Los Angeles because the Rams love their running backs with knee issues out of Georgia <laughs> but Sony if he is healthy this week if he is the starting running back with Daryl Henderson out Daryl Henderson has been a low-end running back one for the entirety of the season he got 24 attempts against Jacksonville so I have to say that Sony Michelle by virtue of gain the carries would be a back-end running back one and someone that you'll have to have in your lineup if Daryl Henderson misses now the tough thing again this is the Monday night game so you're not going to know Daryl Henderson's status until late in the week so you're going to have to make some tough decisions here let's Let's currently look at the latest report from Daryl Henderson, just kind of get an idea of what he's looking at. Dealt with the quad in that game, and it looked like he was going to play. So I'm going to assume that he's going to be active and out there against the Cardinals, but it's definitely something to monitor throughout the week. Alexander Madison, obviously, again, take advantage of Dalvin Cook being 
out. As long as Delvin Cook is out, Alexander Madison's a guy that's not coming out of any lineup. Devontae Freeman, this is another week within the top 12. How are you treating him moving forward? I think he could be a go-to starter right now. I mean, he's looked really good these last few weeks. And honestly, I, I kind of like him a lot. Philadelphia backfield, Kenneth Gainwell outscored Miles Sanders. It's just such a confusing place, man. I mean, at this point, like, who's even getting the ball? Is it going to be Kenneth Gainwell? Is it going to be Boston Scott? Is it, you know, who's it going to be? So is it going to be Miles Sanders? You know, it, it seems like each week they just have like a new person leading the backfield. It's tough to choose. Well, here's what I noticed reading their stat lines here. Okay, so Kenneth Gainwell, he had 12 carries for 54 yards and a touchdown. He had five receptions for 33 yards. Miles Sanders had 24 carries for 120 yards and three receptions for 22. Now, the thing about this is they face the Jets. The Jets are a bad run defense. The Jets have allowed Mm -hmm. multiple top 12 fantasy running backs throughout the season. So it's tough to get a real read on that. But I would say the 24 carries for Miles Sanders is an interesting development. I don't think I've ever seen him get that many carries in a game. I haven't either. I mean, what, the last time he probably even had that was, what, last season maybe? Here's another tough situation here. So Saquon Barkley finishes running back 21 this week. Saquon this week will get the Chargers. The Chargers, that's good. Run defense, one of the worst in football. But... They also will have Jake Fromm in his first NFL start as Daniel Jones is already rolled out and Mike Glennon is already rolled out of that game. So if I'm the Chargers, I'm stacking that box. I'm not letting Saquon beat me. The only way the Giants are going to beat me, I think, is if Saquon has a good day against us. Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard. Ezekiel Elliott finishes the running back 37 on the week. Uh, Tony Pollard finished as running back 18. This is another week in which Tony Pollard looks like the more explosive running back. Now, I can only assume, based off the history and everything, that they're going to keep the snap count more in line with Zeke gain more snaps. But the carries might be somewhere around 50-50. How do these guys affect each other? Because this is the first week I actually noticed that you had Zeke as a running back too. The reason why I have him as a running back too is because I've noticed, like you said, Tony Pollard's a little bit more explosive and, you know, the knee injury, again, he's dealing with, uh, Zeke's dealing with a knee injury right now and he's playing through it. But like you said, I think Zeke's going to get the touches, but I just feel like Tony Pollard right now is being more explosive. And I've told people, I was like, if you have Tony Pollard right now, he's a guy that you can trust putting in because he, he has been scoring in the last, I would say the last, what, two weeks? weeks or so he's been scoring so I mean I can see this trend continue where he and I've heard a lot of people say it too where he can just you could throw him in a flex position if you have him you know throw him in a flex I mean he can get you points am I crazy to suggest I think that this is a week that neither Buffalo Bills running back deserves to be in the top 36 Devin Singletary Zach Moss Matt Breda they're all useless and they're going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers run defense this week I mean I hear you on that I mean I think this is one of those weeks where you know you kind of just discount that Buffalo running back room so again they're playing one of the best defenses in the NFL uh one that's very very good at stopping the run I I, I just don't think they're all going to be all that spectacular is there any reason to start any Seattle back moving forward Adrian Peterson Rashad Penny Alex Collins neither of these guys are producing none of them are doing anything for any fantasy owner at this point I mean yeah it's just the same as the Buffalo running back 
kind of useless at this point. If there's three backfields that I think you could legitimately eliminate from fantasy at the moment, Buffalo, I guess this week in particular against Tampa Bay, you can get some value every now and then if they have a favorable matchup. But Seattle, I I don't think it matters matchup-wise. The way they're using these running backs, if you know how to pick who's going to score a touchdown, then you have a magic ball somewhere. Um, As far as it goes for Houston, yeah, there's no point in owning David Johnson or Rex Burkhead. Neither are really helping your fantasy team at this point. Yeah, I agree. Houston's useless, Buffalo's useless, and Seattle's just useless at this point. Alvin Kamara, he's been dealing with a knee injury for weeks now. They're coming off, obviously, an extended mini break playing that Thursday night game against the Cowboys. Alvin Kamara this week, um, if he is out, what do you rank Mark Ingram in going against their game against the Jets? I mean, against the Jets, I mean, he's a guy that I would put as a very high-end RB2. I wouldn't say RB1 or low-end because... You can make that case. I mean, Kenneth Gainwell finishes RB1 this week. That's that's true. I don't discredit because I think Mark Ingram is still a very, very good running back. He's shown a lot in his time in Baltimore. I think he was very limited because of Lamar Jackson. The thing is, you know, is Taysom Hill going to be running the ball quite a bit? Oh, sure. I'm sure. Taysom Hill's a Swiss Army knife. But against the Jets, I mean, yeah, you can put him in the RB1 to RB2 range. Let's go into wide receivers here. Uh, Wide receiver one, Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson had himself a day. 14 targets, 11 receptions, 182 yards, and a touchdown. Justin Jefferson with an all-world performance going against the Detroit Lions. It's a shame that um, they couldn't get the win, though. (laughs) Poor uh, Mike Zimmer. I don't think he's long for his coaching position at this point. Right behind him was Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson, Ben Roethlisberger's favorite target. Eight receptions, 105 yards, two touchdowns. Deontay Johnson finished with 26.5 fantasy points. Right behind him, biggest fantasy day of the season, T. Higgins. T. Higgins finished with 138 yards, nine receptions, and one touchdown. Cooper Cup taking advantage of an easy matchup here against the Jacksonville Jaguars. He had eight targets for 129 yards and a touchdown. Chris Godwin, 15 receptions. Yes, you heard that right. 15 receptions, which is a franchise record for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 143 yards. Didn't land in the end zone, but at 15 targets, that's easy money at that point. Basically elevating a day just there off his reception totals. Uh, Keenan Allen against the Cincinnati Bengals had five receptions for 34 yards and two touchdowns. So Keenan Allen, when it really comes down to it, really just got lucky on the touchdowns. Was enough to keep his day going here. Finished exactly as wide receiver six. I believe he actually had him as wide receiver six too in your rankings. So that just works out perfectly. Yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown. This is his first time in the rankings. Amon Ross St. Brown, 10 receptions, 86 yards, and a touchdown. I actually believe he caught the game winner, if I'm not mistaken, right? He did. Yeah, he did. Directly behind him, Deontay Harris. Don't go out and pick up Deontay Harris because he just went on the suspension list. Deontay Harris, four receptions, 50 yards, and a touchdown. So a limited wide receiver room for the New Orleans Saints just got even more limited. Elijah Moore at nine, six receptions, 77 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Guyton for the Los Angeles Chargers. Jalen Guyton had four receptions, 100 yards and a touchdown. It's actually kind of funny that his name pops up here because we we're literally just making fun of how not deep the Chargers wide receiving core is. And here a guy like Jalen Guyton just comes out and has himself a top 10 week. Russell Gage, 11 receptions, 130 yards. And then rounding out the top 12, Tyler Lockett with seven receptions, 68 yards and a touchdown. All right, I'm going to throw you a trick question here. Who's the number one wide receiver in New Orleans? 
Oh, God. Answer, nobody. There's no one on yeah. this team that I really want to start at wide receiver. Uh, Taysom, Taysom, Taysom Hill. Hill is quarterback. I, I don't really think there's much going on there. Uh, let's go down the list here. <laughs> Random interesting name showing up here, uh, Little Jordan Humphrey. Little Jordan Humphrey, apparently that might be the New Orleans Saints wide receiver. Owen. Oh, he finishes a wide receiver 23 on the week. Had two receptions, 100 yards, and a touchdown. Who knows? He actually might be the number one out there for New Orleans. See, that's what I'm talking about. There, there's just not anyone really worth owning there. DK Metcalf finishes wide receiver 33. This is a guy we talked about last week. Yeah. This week, like I mentioned, they go against the Texans. DK Metcalf, are you running him back out there? I would say at this point, I mean, he's a him and Tyler Lockett is so tough to tell because you don't know which one's getting the ball, but it's just DK Metcalf. I mean, I still throw him out there just because, I mean, especially against Houston, like he could have a very big day against Houston, him and Tyler Lockett both. So Debo might miss another week for the 49ers. Brenna Ayuk finishes wide receiver 40. He had three receptions for 55 yards. Brenna Ayuk, is he a guy that you should start this week against Cincinnati? If I have him, I could put him in my flex. I think he'd be a solid flex option. What about Amari Cooper? Amari Cooper finishes wide receiver 50 this past week. What do you think him and the Cowboys do this week? I would still have Amari Cooper pretty high up, uh, but I think we're starting to come to fruition that this is more or less CD's land or CD Lamb's becoming wide receiver one, and Amari Cooper's just starting to slide to that wide receiver two role. Now, another guy we talked about last week, so Mike Williams. Um, Mike Williams finishes the wide receiver 17 this week, so a slight upgrade in his performance over what he's been giving you. He did end up finishing overall with five receptions, 110 yards, so it definitely is best fantasy day in weeks. Now, I guess here's the trick with him. Are you trying him out again this week? He goes against the New York Giants. And although that sounds like a fun matchup on paper, the New York Giants actually don't have a bad defense. Yeah, they really don't. And unless Guidon just decides to go off again, I mean, <laughs> that huge depth in wide receivers that they have, I still think that it's just mostly strictly Keenan Allen. What about Odell Beckham Jr.? Let's talk about him. So he finishes wide receiver 29. He did get a big touchdown the last time the Rams played. This week in total, he had five total targets and a touchdown. Odell against the Cardinals. Is that a guy you're starting or willing to try running out there? I don't think so. I mean, the touchdown that he had, I believe it was only like a one-yard receiving touchdown. So they're pretty much on the – I mean, it counts. Yeah, for sure. But, again, I I think him and Matt Stafford have to get adjusted with each other. And, plus, too, there's so many weapons. I mean, Cooper Cubs still getting, what, 13 targets? You know, yes, but he also has to throw the ball to other people at some point. I mean, he um, only throws the ball to Cooper Cup 33% of the time. That means there's 70 other targets out there. And th- obviously, this is not me trying to be like that Cleveland guy or like, oh, well, Dell's bad. You know, oh, Dell's a very good wide receiver. He deserves to be with Matt Stafford, a great quarterback and stuff. But even all season, even in his first few games with LA, he just didn't perform. And I don't, you know, just because he had, you know, one game where he had a 50 yard reception touchdown and, you know, a one yard reception touchdown that's really not going to blow me away you know I mean he did that in Cleveland a couple times you know it didn't really blow a lot of people away so uh, I'm not head over heels for him right now well let's talk about the games against the San Francisco 49ers what happened was Matthew Stafford missed him on a deep ball he did hit him with his first target of the game and about two three receptions beyond that as you mentioned he did get a big touchdown in a blowout game against the Packers and then this week this is their game they're coming back off the bye and he got five targets if he can continue to get the targets, then I, I mean, I don't see why not, but I'm telling you, Odell Beckham Jr. is gained five targets consistently. What do you think those five, five targets are worth in the Rams offense? 
I mean, five targets anywhere, it's worth a lot, especially with a receiver in a very good wide receiver room. For comparison, Van Jefferson got eight targets, six receptions, 75 yards, and finished as the wide receiver 20. So nine spots ahead of OBJ. At this point, I'd rather have Van Jefferson over OBJ. Well, that's fair. I, I agree with that. I would rather have Van Jefferson. But as far as if you're looking for a wide receiver three, wide receiver four, is there something there in OBJ against the Cardinals? I think he could be a sneaky flex option. What the heck, flex? Okay. So Corey Davis just went on the IR, and we know that Elijah Moore has benefited in the past when Corey Davis has been out. What do you think about him going against the New Orleans Saints? Because he primarily works out of the slot. I couldn't imagine he'll get much matchups with Marshawn Lattimore. Honestly, if, if Zach Wilson plays like he, I mean, I started, I have Elijah Moore and I, I currently start him. So I don't see why not. I, I mean, I, every time I started him, he's done well. So I mentioned Baker Mayfield as a potential streaming option. Any wide receivers though? I mean, if anything, like I said, there is the one way you can take advantage of Baltimore this week is their corners. Is there a wide receiver worth starting just to see maybe he pops off? The only two that I would really go for is either Landry or Peoples Jones. Who would you attach your ship to? Jarvis Landry. He gets the targets. He did go over 100 yards for the first time this season in the last game. So maybe he's feeling a little healthier. Yeah. And it was against the Ravens too. So maybe even a more depleted uh, secondary that would help him even more. So let me ask Chase Claypool. He finishes wide receiver 45 and I'm a Claypool owner. I feel like he hasn't really done much this season. Yeah. Against the Vikings, what is a realistic expectation here? I'm with you because I have Claypool in my dynasty league. I I feel your pain because I don't know what, I mean, I have to start him because I really have no one else to start over him. So, but for someone like you at this point, I don't like him a whole lot. That's more or less Deontay Johnson. It's more or less, I don't blame Chase Claypool. I just blame Ben Roethlisberger's absolute big decline as a 40 year old quarterback. So let's talk about my options here. Brandon Ayuk or Chase Claypool? Brandon Ayuk. Darnell Mooney or Chase Claypool? Darnell Mooney. Tyler Boyd or Chase Claypool? Chase Claypool. What about Jarvis Landry, your boy? or Chase Claypool. I feel like Jarvis Moore. Like I said, this week against the Ravens, I think that's a good matchup for y'all. Yeah. All right, that's going to wrap up wide receiver. Now, I just got to say, of course, this would happen exactly one week after I called Dallas Goddard one of the most overrated in the league. Uh, Dallas Goddard, six receptions, 100 yards, two touchdowns. But I am somewhat vindicated because he was not tight end one of the week. That honor actually belongs to George Kittle, who had nine receptions, 181 yards, and two touchdowns against the Seattle Seahawks. So slight vindication there. Dallas Goddard was not the tight end one of the week, literally a week after calling him overrated. Actually, we had three tight ends in the top three that both finished with two touchdowns apiece. Gronk, Kittle, and Goddard each scored two touchdowns. So definitely some difference makers at the tight end position there. Let's start talking about some defenses that are worth adding. You know, I was going through it this week. I was looking at your Browns against the Ravens. I was looking at the Niners against the Bengals. Out of those defenses, what sounds best to you? You obviously you know the Niners more than I would, but I know the last few weeks the Browns defense actually hasn't been terrible. They've been actually pretty solid, and I, I kind of like them against the Ravens. I mean, uh, we held Lamar Jackson to four picks and to only like fifty rushing yards, and I you know it, it seems like Lamar Jackson hasn't been himself lately. He, he struggled in the last few games, and honestly, I can see that trend continuing. I mean, the Browns defense is very healthy now, and, and you know when we had a healthy defense we looked pretty solid so I, I can see the Browns defense doing especially at home and with a pretty much with a must win every single week now you know I, I think they're gonna go hard 
like very hard and I think they can perform. There is some other streaming options here too. I would say I didn't really think about this one, but the Chargers against Jake Fromm in his first NFL start. That sounds like one I'd yeah. like to pursue. The Broncos against the Lions. I know Jared Goff and the Lions are riding high off their first win, but I'd take the Broncos on that one. Yeah. Seahawks against Texans. Seahawks defense started coming around a little bit. I might take them against the Texans there. And then if you can get this one, although I think the Saints are slightly overowned, the Saints against the Jets. That would be one that I would target as my second priority behind the one against the Giants. You, you just got to take advantage of that from matchup there, I think. Oh, yeah, 100%. I agree with you there. All righty, guys. Well, I think that does it for this episode. Drew, any parting thoughts? Yeah, man. Go out there and win. Get yourself into the fantasy football playoffs. We have one more week to go before playoff action, at least fantasy playoff action. Definitely make sure you get in all your waiver ads. Definitely make sure that you have your lineup set for the next few weeks and try and get ahead of it too, guys. Um, keep in touch with some of our videos we're putting out there. It's like, we're going to be talking about some people that you can maybe add with some favorable playoff schedules here coming up soon. And other than that, guys, uh, check out all our social medias at Slump Buster Podcast on IG, at Slump Buster Pod on Twitter. If you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead and leave a like. If you're watching this on iTunes, go ahead and leave us a five star. From Juju Tech Sports, Andrew Hagbaum. Stay safe, happy, and healthy. We will see you next time.